0: Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John Woolley, content creator for the Instagram page, Make Wads Great Again. Today, coming to you from CrossFit Cliffside here in Cleveland, Ohio, with my two special guests and technically co-hosts, the uh, third and fourth fittest panchecks, (laughs) Saxon and Spencer Pancheck. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having us. Glad to be here. How are you guys doing? Sore. Yeah? you, (laughs) You know, the whole world now is wanting to know who are the first and second fittest panchecks. That's mom and dad. No, no doubt about it. No doubt, mom, <laughs> mom up. for sure. I can't speak for dad. <laughs> can't speak for dad. So uh, appreciate you guys being on. So I guess we'll start today with uh, congratulations. Saxon just got his invite, so congratulations. Uh, how's it feel? Are you excited?
1: Oh, it's been a long road um, getting to this point. I feel like I've just had this burden on me since January. Whenever I started competing down in uh, Waterpaloosa, all the way through the Open Brazil Grand Games. Um, I felt like that never left me <laughs> I'm sure. for the last six months. What's uh what's been the most stressful part for you? Um, being so close. Yeah. You know, everyone's like, Oh, you were you were right there and I'm like, Yes, I know, one spot.
0: <laughs> yeah, so well, it's
1: been one to two spots in all of these sanctioned events and the open. Um, and it's just frustrating like looking back and I try not to look at it but like two reps here, an extra five seconds here was the difference between me qualifying and not qualifying.
0: Yeah. And so, you know, most of the casual listeners don't follow, uh, the sanctionals as closely as all of us do. So just, uh, give me the rundown. So where'd you finish at Wadapalooza?
1: Yeah. So Wadapalooza, I finished fifth place and the invite ended up going all the way out to, um, I believe it was Noah Olson and then I was in fifth there. And then after that, it was the open. And they went all the way out to 31, and I finished 32 in the Open. Uh, after that, I went to Brazil, competed down in Brazil, and I took second place, six points behind Will Morad. And then after that, I went to the Granite Games, and, and I believe I was like 12 points out from a qualifying spot there. Okay. And
0: then, Spencer, you had uh, many close calls, all, most of the same events except But You didn't go to Waterloo. No, right? I didn't do
2: Waterloo I did um, the back. I did the MAC, yeah,
0: out in uh, Washington, D.C. Okay, and you did Granite in the Open.
2: And then Brazil. And Brazil. Yeah, and, and then I qualified for France, but I wasn't able to make it out there this year. So you finished third at Brazil, right? Yeah, I finished, uh, I can't remember what I finished at the MAC. I didn't do it too hot out there. I um, I was actually one spot out in the qualifier, and then they ended up giving me an invite like two days out. So I went down there, competed, and then after the MAC, I went to Brazil and then I took third in Brazil, and then I went to Granite Games. And what did I take there? I think six sixth or seven? seventh.
0: Something like that. where would you finish in the Open?
2: Uh, in the Open, I was like 40 or 41. So at this point, you 30, he like,
0: moved up to 39. with. Oh, did I? Yeah. So you're like, how many spots out are you at this point from the Open? Did somebody get popped in the Yeah, open? so
2: um, it's kind of a weird setup. But since Saxon, Saxon was one spot out from the Open, so – He was one spot out from the open, and then he took second in Brazil, and I was right behind him in Brazil. So if something were to happen with somebody in the open, he
0: would take the open spot, and then I would get Brazil. This is so weird. I can't keep up with the rules. It's like, you know, if you're redheaded with blue eyes, you get in. (laughs) If you're born on a Thursday, you're not going to get in. Everybody needs to be refreshing that email.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that whole backfilling process. I mean, it's cool. I mean, heck, you can get an invite – i don't know We, i mean there's been people that have gotten invites like one or two weeks out i know uh tommy hackenbrook got one two years two or three years ago and then i think frederick and Gideas, i think he found out that he got an invite like a week out yeah um before the games last
0: year look at you being a student of the game bam i know (laughs) right and and an extra props for the pronunciation on frederick and Gideas. yeah (laughs) damn that was uh big news so uh so if I were Saxon, I would not be taking hamburgers from my brother then. Get a little tainted burger, you're <laughs> out, he's in. Hey, Sax, uh, try the steak I made for you. It's great. Chock full of goodness. Yeah, that's, I
2: mean, that whole drug testing, it's, I mean, it's crazy this year the way that they're kind of, I don't want to say they're changing changing it, but like there's, there's way more opportunities for them to get out and drug test uh, a few more athletes. How many times
0: have you been tested this year?
2: I've been tested once and then Saxon was tested one time as well. Mm-hmm. So I was tested out in the Mac and then you were tested in Brazil. Correct. They didn't test either one of you during the open? No. No. no.
1: I don't I, I believe I don't think the only way you would get tested throughout the open would be them coming to your gym. Um, which I'm not I can't speak for anybody else, but I'm not too sure um how strict they are with going out to these people and um testing anyone that qualified through the open unless they were to go to these sanctioned events. Uh, the way I would assume is anyone that finished close to the top in the open or qualified through the open and they were to go to a sanctioned event, I would assume that they would be tested there.
0: So it seemed like this year there were, I know we've had a lot recently, but it seemed like there were fewer people getting popped this year than previous year. Yeah. Is that, so is that factual? I honestly Uh
2: know. I don't think so. So this is, this is kind of, this is kind of like what I heard and I mean, this is just from an athlete's perspective, like. I don't know if any of this is true, but um, what I've heard is that they kind of look at the contenders at these sanctioned events, and then they'll drug test somebody, in like the men, the women, and then the teams, and they'll do one random test, and then they drug test whoever wins the whole the whole event. So I think that was me out at the MAC, because I got drug tested randomly, and then I actually asked a few of the other athletes, and the only other athlete that got drug tested out there was the guy that won, at least in the men's field. Um so it's, it's definitely a little bit different, but that's kind of like what I've heard from, uh, from an athlete's perspective.
1: What, I, what I've heard is it's been at least three. So the person that won, and then I know for sure at least two other drug tests were random for the guy side down in Brazil, which I'm assuming who knows how many other people got tested down there as well. So I would like to think there was at least three, two that would be contenders, and then the guy that wins.
0: Well, I was talking uh, to an athlete the other day, who was telling me she was getting like was <laughs> we were messaging as she was getting tested, and we were talking about some other athlete that was in the room getting tested at the same time. Who, by the way, was not a contender. Yeah, and just yeah. So it's been real hit or miss. I mean, just as a as a athlete, does that feel weird to you guys? Do you? I'm, I, don't, um, I guess it doesn't matter if you agree or disagree necessarily. As much as just like you you invest so much time in training and so much time in kind of working on your craft and your game. Is is it frustrating or? You know, do you even give it any thought?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, I think it's really good that they're kind of getting out of there and starting to drug test, like, some of these new athletes coming in. Um, the thing that kind of caught me off guard a little bit was um, a few of the athletes that actually qualified through the Open that went to these sanctioned events, and then they actually didn't get tested at the events. So I just wonder, and, I, like, I can't I can't speak for anybody, but I just wonder if they're actually drug testing people who qualified for the CrossFit Games through the Open. Um, because that's, I mean, that's the only way that's really like a straight pathway to get to the games is, is through the open. So I would hope that CrossFit is sending people out to drug test them if you qualify through the open, because like I said, it's a straight pathway. And I mean, somebody could be doing something through the open and qualify and it's, it's five workouts opposed to these sanctioned events where you have to do the open and then you have to do like the sanctioned events online qualifier, and then you have to go perform at the sanctioned event. So it's just... I mean it's it's a lot, and it's it's really nice if you can qualify through the open, but
0: who says that nobody's doping in the open well I, that's a nice rhyme scheme by the way um I, my counter argument to you though is first of all, everybody knows when the open is, yeah, so it'd be pretty easy for anyone to time i mean you know when the dates are it's not like it's a secret date, not that the others are, but like it's kind of the same time every year, so you would think you could be if you were inclined, you could time it. Um, I would imagine it'd be super cost prohibitive to test everyone although I'm with you that testing more would would make sense to me yeah um I guess my probably my bigger issue though is like you know, it's random, right? So you can't telegraph it. Like if I told you, hey, we're if you finish in the top fifty, we're gonna test you. Well you know you're gonna finish in that. you guys are gonna finish in the top fifty. You know yeah. you are, so you're getting tested. Right. Yeah. You know, it would just I it mean, seems to me it would make it easier for people to get away with it than to not.
2: Yeah. See and I look I, at it from
1: a different perspective though, is if you're going to the games, I hope you're going there to win. And um from an athlete's perspective, you got twenty full spots actually it ended up going all the way out to 31. You have 31 spots through the open, and then you had 15 sanctioned events. It's going to be 28 next year. You know, if you, you think you're showing up to contend, you have multiple different ways to go there, and whether someone's on any type
0: of PEDs, um, go out there and win another one. What do you think of this tainted meat excuse? Like, every time I hear that, I'm like, all right, first of all, where do I find the steak? Because, man, I need some gains, and I need to find those burgers. But, you know, I like I look at what people do we were talking about this earlier today that um like i'm kind of a slave to what i take i take fish oil i use the same pre-workout every single day you know kind of the same proteins and like you know i i'm a creature of habit and i think most people are so as athletes that do this like does it seem it seems weird to me as a spectator to go how the hell could you have tainted anything particularly a supplement that i keep hearing when my supplement was tainted like how could that possibly happen? Yeah. I mean, if you look at – if you just look at um, – I, I, and I don't even want to get into that.
1: I think it's it's hard to say from someone else's perspective because you're not there. Um, I think it's very well possible that it could happen. And um, I don't think that's for anyone else to judge besides them, and that's for them to handle however they think is um, best
0: suited for the situation. Um, so it could happen, I think. But well, I know it could. I guess is, I'm not like looking to incriminate anyone. I right. guess what I'm asking is, is are are hardcore athletes like yourselves like aren't aren't you kind of a creature to what you take? Right. Like yeah. meaning like. Do you take the same pre workout every time if you do it a pre workout or protein or whatever? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I mean so you are what you eat? Yeah. I mean regardless <laughs> um wise. whether it
1: was very tainted wise. anything, you're responsible for what you put in your body and that's on no one but yourself. Personally I don't do any type of supplements unless they're a third party tested. Um same thing with meat, it's something that, you know, I've gone more towards organic. That way, you know, everything that's coming to you and you're putting in your body is clean. And um, you know you're fully responsible for that.
0: Yeah, I just I, I don't know. I guess it's been my biggest you know issue with you know kind of the tainted supplement argument that I keep hearing. Like the tainted meat, I understand because you can't control like if you're in Brazil or wherever, and right? Some, you know you can't control what some steakhouse does, but but when you're talking about supplements, like I gotta believe everybody takes the same stuff over and over and over. Mm-hmm, yeah. You would think you'd figure that out by now.
2: Right. And and what what I'm kind of at least like what I hear um, through other athletes is that a lot of a lot of these people that are kinda getting popped for these banned substances are they're they're getting sponsored by like these smaller companies. And the smaller companies are the ones that are willing to pay out a little bit more money for for a bigger athlete rather than these big ones that are kinda already like established. So I mean they're just trying to help out the the athletes and I mean the athletes kinda get drawn into taking that small supplements company and It's out of their control. It's out of both of their controls because the smaller companies, they're sending them to different distributors, and that's kind of how it's getting processed through. Trying to keep it cost effective. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of out of their control. Like, somebody said it well in here or um, in the gym, there's only so many mixing containers in. Like, if if they're kind of shipping it out to somebody and having all their ingredients and stuff put together, they can't control what goes into the mixer beforehand. So... That's why I mean I know pl- like plenty of athletes that are big name athletes that are with some of these smaller companies that don't even take their products because they don't trust them, but they'll empty it out and f- put whatever- <laughs> whatever clean supplement that they can in it right. and just kind of make it look like they're
0: they're taking that supplement. That's well, unfortunate i mean it's a you know it's not a very well paying sport as it is unless you're winning, you know like i mean. I mean you guys have seen like I I was kind of I shouldn't be startled cuz I'm old enough to know better but like I watch you guys go to Sanctionals and and you know people are holding up the checks and the checks are like for 5 grand and I'm like holy shit you just flew to Brazil for $5,000 to get like, cost that much to get yeah. There.
1: yeah well and that's something um I caught a lot of heat from was realizing how much um Money it costs to go to these sanctioned events, especially out of country. I mean, you're going out of country, you're spending at least $3,000. You're in country, you're spending about 2000 to $2,500. And I mean, you go to four or five of them, I mean, you're 10 grand deep. And, um, you know, even if you're podiuming, podium. Close enough. Podium, you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah. the podium. laughs> you're standing on the podium. You might be making your money back, and people don't realize that, and uh, people look at it as like, oh, these guys are making a ton of money, which is not the case. And um, that's something that I think a lot of the smaller athletes are looking for is sponsors to back them up, to be willing to send them to these competitions, especially if, you know, you're fighting for one spot, you're six points shy. you got to go out the next weekend or two weeks after, and you got to go try and earn your spot again. And, um yeah, I think that can get pretty expensive
2: having to do that. Yeah. A lot of the sponsorships are they're really uh they're really kinda scarce now and I mean, I had a heck of a time even finding anyone that send me to any of these. I just I mean, everything was out of pocket for me. Um and I like I don't know how a lot of these these smaller athletes are able to be full time athletes. Like Sax and I we both run a gym and we're able to kinda help get us out to these competitions but like these athletes that kind of take on CrossFit as full-time that don't have many sponsorships I mean I don't know how they do it it's, a, it's I mean it's starting to turn into an expensive sport to be able to do
0: well looking back on it and, and thinking about next year because the the format doesn't look like it's going to be significantly different other than the open will be in October like how many sanctionals do you plan on doing do you have you given it any thought tour day sanctionals <laughs> we're gonna hit, hit them all yeah I want to hit as many as I Are can you? I mean
1: that's the plan won the games this year send myself to every sanction one <laughs> next year <laughs>
0: there you go i yeah. think that'd be cool if someone did that how many so spencer for you how many you think you'll go to you are you um, gonna do the tour as well try to do i it? would
2: love to like I, if i could find if i could find the right person and help send me to the mall I, I, i'd have a field day that'd be awesome what was it was like two and a half months straight who's your dream sponsor my dream sponsor Oh, come Twisted, on, think big. Twisted Is- T. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> Maserati. Maserati. I'd, I'd like to get, like, a big car dealership. That would probably be a
0: dream sponsor. So no one in the CrossFit space that might actually hear this that you think would be a good sponsor for you? I don't know. Delta Airlines. Delta, yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Go. go
1: big or go home. Delta and
0: Hilton. That yeah. would definitely help offset some cost. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, Saxon, I mean, obviously you're going back this year, and so you mentioned going and winning the games. It's a, it's Funny you said it exactly that way because I was thinking earlier, um, you know, Frazier has been so dominant for the last three years. And and I've been putting a lot of thought into like athletes that are preparing to go to the games and they're going up against that. Um, like, are you – do you train – day both? and this is really for both of you. But do you train day in and day out to beat Frazier or are you trained to get to the games and see what happens? Yeah,
1: I don't train for either of those. Um, what I train to be is the best athlete and the fittest athlete on earth. And um I, I try not to think about any other athletes. All I know is I can um train my butt off and you know, get to and put myself in a position that I feel extremely fit that I can go on and uh, put a show on out there and give everyone a run for their money and um any given day anyone's beatable and I know Matt Frazier has absolutely crushed it the last couple of years and you can't ever take that away. I mean that man works very hard. Um but you know, it's not just him. Now it's going to be 160 other athletes, and you can't you can't put your mind and your focus on um, on just one person. You know, I think you have to really focus on yourself, and I've learned that the hard way going to some of these competitions and even my first couple of years at regionals was I focused so much on, like, oh, there's this big name next to me, this big name next to me. Like, this is awesome. Like, I love this, and I go out there, and I freaking send it on the first workout, and I, I can't come back from it. And I kind of learned to just put the blinders on and just focus on my lane. And, you know, if you get to a position here where maybe I'm looking next to me and I see Spencer and I train with him every day and I know that I can push off of him, but, you know, unless it's one of my brothers out on the competition floor, I'm not really looking at anybody else. Um, All I'm trying to do is put up the best time for myself.
0: Well, maybe a different way to think of it then or a different question, I probably shouldn't have referenced Frazier specifically. Like where CrossFit is unique – From a sports standpoint, at least in my mind, is that you've got a lot of stack rankings. So you've seen, you know, however many sanctionals we've had, you get the open where you get a legitimate stack ranking of everyone. And you can look at it and go, okay, out of this many people, I was 40th or 20th. And now I've got to go compete head to head again for five days. And he just beat me by we'll say 15, 20 spots. Yeah. Like how do you wrap your mind as an athlete? How do you guys wrap your mind around that? Of like, now I've got to go in and try to beat this guy that kind of decimated me f- for the lack of a better term over like kind of the five week period and, and get your mind going, okay, now I can go beat them.
1: Yeah. You take everything that you learned from that experience. You hit the gym, you grind and you make whatever held you back your strength. And then you go out there and you kick some booty. <sighs> <laughs>
0: Have you ever listened to the show? 'Cause we cuss on uh, make Watch great again. Um, so, so Spence, for you, um, you know, kind of the same topic. Like, you know, um, so right now you're one spot out. I'm sending burgers to everyone that's ahead of you, <laughs> so Try to get somebody popped. I'll, I'll do you a solid. But you know, kind of the same thing. So, you're, but you're still training to go. As if you know, the, if you get your invite in a week, you got to be prepared to go. Like, how do you get up in the morning and get motivated to do that? I mean, right now, I mean,
2: I do what I've been doing every year. I mean, right now it's it's about Saxon and I'm training with him and I'm holding him accountable and he's holding me accountable. Um, I mean, we're just having fun. I mean, just training. I mean, there's nothing special to it. I mean, I train hard all year. I mean, if I were to get a call tomorrow and got an invite, I mean, nothing would really train, change with my training. I would just keep doing what I'm doing right now. What do you think's
0: next for – most of the athletes like the thing I've seen this year that's been different is you've got you know a lot of the kind of the you know in your level like kind of the top tier athletes are either deciding to go team uh, you have got some they're sticking individual and then others are going out and going okay screw it I'm just gonna go run my gym like what do you really think is is do you think the the sport's going to continue to grow and evolve and become a bigger sport is it kind of capped out and this is what it's going to be and now you've got to find what's next for you you know, both locally and at that level. Yeah,
2: and I think you have to find that fine blend in between whether it's running a business. I mean, it, I, I mean, it's possible to be able to do two things. There's, there's no need to, for. I mean, people talk about it. I train all day, every day. Like, there's no need for that. Like, I mean, Sax and I have been doing two, maybe three workouts if we're feeling good a day. And I mean, leading up through the open, we both. I mean, we both did really well. We both were in the top 40 in the open. And I mean, we were doing one to two workouts a day. And, I I mean, I think it's definitely possible to be able to do multiple things. I mean, we both opened up CrossFit Cliffside this year, and we both had our best performance in the Open this year as well. So, I mean, it's definitely possible to be able to do two things. I also think a lot of athletes have it wrong, and
1: this is just even seeing it from a coaching standpoint is I have competitive athletes come into the gym and they think, you know, what I'm programming isn't enough for them and I say, okay, look at your times compared to everyone else's times that have been in here. And the people that I've been coaching and training, they learned from us that it's more about the quality that you're putting in your workouts rather than the quantity. And the more intensity you can bring in your workouts, you shouldn't want to do anything else. And that's something I took back from the games last year. And you know, even going back and looking at previous years, a lot of the workouts are lower volume but there are more tests, you know, it's almost like it's trying to put a show on while test while being able to test these athletes and Dave Castro does that very well. Rather than coming into the gym and thinking, I gotta do hundred and fifty pull ups, I gotta do twenty five rope climbs and just thinking more and more and more and more, uh, when that's not the case. It's being able to put the pedal down and get your heart rate up and crank that intensity up and uh be willing to put the pedal down and crush everyone beside you
2: i mean you can look at 30 muscle ups like i mean everyone neglected that everyone's so used to doing they think the new standards 40 45 50 muscle ups 30 muscle ups you can do it do it unbroken you know like not many people are able not many people are able to do that build up that 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 threshold on there there's no need to start adding volume until you can kind of cap out at that it's it's almost like fran even like you can only get so fast on fran until you have to. Soon as you can do sh- Fran unbroken, down. <laughs> yeah. As Soon as you can do Fran unbroken
1: and you're yanking that bar down and you're not splitting anything up, like, then it's time to move to the next thing where you're doing Fran with chest of bar pull ups and Fran at 135. You do that unbroken, you pull that bar down, you tie your time that you would with 95 pounds, then it's time to crank that up a little more. And like he said, it's the same thing with 30 muscle ups. Do 30 muscle ups unbroken rather than trying to do sixes to put up the best time. Like, you do it unbroken, you're going to do it a lot faster than someone that's splitting it up. And it's the same thing. Like, you shouldn't be moving to 50 if you can't do that. And I think that's just a great point, and that's something that I realized last year at the games. And I even noticed in the – I think it was the bicouplet. It was 21-15-9 chest bar pull-ups and snatches and uh, 15-12-9 snatches out of heavier weight and bar muscle-ups. And I was splitting these up, and people were just – blowing past me and it was something I wasn't used to. I was always so used to splitting things up to focus on the longevity in the workout rather than getting used to just putting the pedal down, put up the best time and see what you can, uh, see what your body's capable of. And that's something that we both took away from last year, the last six months, That will, that's what we put our emphasis on in our training. And I, I think uh, just going to these sanctioned events, that shows
2: plenty. And that kind of leads to like our kind of hashtag that we're starting to trend a little bit more. It's uh, unbroken. And can you do can you do something unbroken and not only can I do it unbroken, but will the workout break me? And that's what the people want. <laughs> like like I mean, you you put a workout out there and I mean you hear the fans talk and it's like, Oh man, is Frazier gonna hold on or is so and so gonna Is Cody Anderson not going to come off the rings? And, like, that's what people want to see. People want to see if you're capable of doing it unbroken. And I thought a great thing, (laughs) um, Dubai did it this year for their final event.
1: They put $30,000 on the line for the final workout. You know, if you were to go and you have 15 workouts at the CrossFit Games and you say, I have even $10,000 for whoever wins this workout, I will tell you right now, someone will send it on absolutely every single workout and they're going to put up a boss time and then it's going to be how quickly can they recover. And I
2: think that would be absolutely amazing. And that's going to be what shakes up the leaderboard. That's what's going to – I mean, people were – I mean, everyone's talking about Frazier. I mean, like you have specialists at every event at the games of – like Frazier, is he the most well-rounded athlete there? Yes, I think he is the past three or four years. But I think that you have these specialists that can pop in there, and that's going to be what really shakes up that leaderboard, opposed to everybody trying to play it safe.
0: Well, he's certainly um, – what's always interesting to me about him, you know, there are always specialists, and then he always seems to hang around. Like I was blown away at how well he did at the row last year. Like he finished 10th, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I'm like this dude's like – he's like five, 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 six, <laughs> and he's finished his 10th. Like that shouldn't be humanly possible for someone that hiked to be able to row for that long for that – Right, yeah. You know, H- that his well.
1: capacity is so high and so is his volume and, you know, and just being well-rounded and that just – CrossFit is consistency is key. Um, But it also pays to be a winner. Um, And I learned that at some of these sanctioned events with a scoring system that I could finish top 10 in every single workout. Someone could go hit two home runs and take a first place, take a last place, and then finish like seventh, eighth in the middle of the pack for the other ones, and they would still beat me. And um, that just goes for anyone that you need to be great at some of these things and average on the other ones. And it's just a matter of who doesn't have any holes in their fitness where they're significantly going to fall off.
0: Well, that's the thing that uh, I keep seeing in videos from Hunter McIntyre. He's he's plotting and planning that out. Is you yeah. know how does he reduce his weaknesses in the areas that he knows he's not as good, like lifting? And you know he's f- crossing his fingers that this thing's going to open up yeah. with a trail run, and he's going to smoke everybody and like the endurance. Yeah. And I, that he's I think about. it's a
2: good thing that he's going there. And I think that. It could possibly I'm not saying that it will, but I think it could possibly show a flaw in CrossFit scoring system. I'm not saying that it's bad or anything, but like whenever you start pulling these these wild cards and you're starting to get these specialists in the CrossFit games, you're gonna be able to see people who can win three out of six events and kinda see how they rank out on the leaderboard. I mean it doesn't necessarily like if he can't lift super heavy, it doesn't necessarily mean he's the fittest fittest man alive, but it's going to show you kind of where he's going to fall. He could still be up there and yeah.
0: make a nice chunk of change and make a name for himself. Well, he could ter- certainly take some points away from somebody that would have done better. Yeah. I, it'll be interesting. He'll be fun to watch. Well, like and that's,
1: I, that's like something that, I mean, Frazier's been so dominant. I mean, I think he's won the last three games by a margin of like 200 points or something like that where he didn't even have to do the last event. Now you have 160 athletes um you have that many more people that are willing to fall in between him and um different types of workouts I mean someone from another country can easily come in and beat him on a run and then you have a weightlifter from another country come in and take points away from him it's going to close that gap a little more
2: and it's you're going to be able to see I mean it's going to it's going to definitely be mental for a lot of people out there and I'm really curious to see how they do all the scoring and stuff but like I mean if you have a bunch of weightlifters coming in and just smashing all these CrossFitters, like you're gonna, you're gonna see who can stay in it mentally. Because I know a ton of athletes who, I mean, they'll tank an event and that's it, and it's just in their head for the next three events, and it takes them that long to be able to kind of come back from that.
1: Well, that will be true. Is how will the scoring system be? I mean, you have 160 athletes. You can no longer use a hundred-point scoring system.
0: Yeah. No, it'll it'll be interesting. What you've described, though kind of through the whole point of this conversation, has been kind of the spectacle of the games for the last couple of years has been pretty intense. And then this year they've changed the media policy to doing a world stream and uh, far less coverage than what they've had in years past, not to mention you're going to have, you know, 160 athletes or 200 or whatever the number is that you're competing against. As competitive athletes, do you worry that that could potentially – draw sponsors away from you i mean this is not a very again it's an expensive sport that there's not a huge payout unless you're winning so do you worry that it would draw people away from you
1: i think regardless though the people that are watching crossfit are majority of crossfitters um and i don't think you're ever going to take that away from those people i think it will take it away from people that are trying to get into it and try and watching it where it's like hell yeah i saw the crossfit games on tv the other day and those guys are crazy um I think that will take that away a little bit. But I don't think it will ever take away from the community that's already there.
0: Okay. So uh, just one more question before we wrap up. Uh, this, I've got one for each of you, but kind of along the same lines. So, Spencer, I'll start with you. Just you know, thinking of like the people you look up to in the sport, people that you want to emulate, setting aside – family members uh you know who do you like are you looking into the community is there somebody like you really kind of set as a standard for yourself when you're doing your training just kind of you know somebody you want to emulate
2: yeah um I'd say any of those athletes that are able to multitask and do multiple things and still be able to make a name for themselves like I think what Pat Vellner does being able to go to uh I think he's in chiropractic school but being able to do that and not only be a top tier athlete like, if that man can only – like, if he could put all that extra time away that he's in school and be able to get that extra rest, like, the kind of level that he would be at, like, I find that way more impressive than anybody that's doing it full time and, and just training all day. Okay, What about you? Same question.
1: Yeah. Um, someone that I've always looked up to since I got into it was – rich froning um and i think it was just he was the champ whenever i started getting into crossfit and watching it and he was someone that i always watched how he moved and everything and he was so far ahead of the sport like everything just looks so fluent um and now looking at it, it i think it's pretty amazing that he's still in the game and he's still crushing it and um he's bringing a lot of fun to his training and you can see that he's trying to bring as many people down to his gym and uh, let join his community and kind of share his knowledge with different people. And I think that's going to go light years with these young athletes and kind of teaching them his ways because I think just how he trains is very smart and he stays very healthy.
0: I'm not going to say I'm hurt that you didn't mention a certain meme maker as your role model, but that's okay. You, you, <laughs> picked, you picked a couple of my favorites, so I guess I can uh, I can live with Vellner and, and – uh... And well, I think we got to shoot that question over to you now. Oh, who who are my favorites? Yeah, you can use a chick too. <laughs> oh, I, I have so 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 many. Um, got to pick one. On on well, I mean, I don't <laughs> know if I could pick just one, but I can I can give you a bunch that I like for different reasons. Like, and most of them are probably ones that I've just made connections with because they're just simply great people. Um, you know, I think Marquon Jones is right at the top of my list of just like a really super guy, super fun to talk to too, because he's a football player by trade. And he talks like a football player. It's hysterical. <laughs> you know, I when I met him at the MAC, I'm like, you know, how do you think the weekend's going to go? Well, you know, John, I've got my game plan together, and I'm going to work that game plan until I can't work any. I'm like, I'm like, don't give me the pep talk. Tell me what you're <laughs> going to do, man. Like, come on. Uh, but, you know, again, super guy. Uh, Tim Paulson. Uh, I mean, Jesus, that guy is like the hardest working dude I've ever seen. He's I mean, crazy, like, I feel like.
2: Yeah. I, feel- I love watching him. He looks like he's – dying in every workout he just closes his eyes a full send on every workout <laughs> he really does
0: but also just kind of a terrific person to talk to um he reminds me of your family a little because his dad's you know invested in his gym and and works out there. way and his dad's a beast and not much older than me so i feel really bad about my own physical fitness which is uh, normal for me um you know outside of that you know velner's way at the top of my list as much as I make fun of that dude I'm with you on the kind of the multitasking piece like it's been super impressive to watch him graduate from from school and be like right at the top of his game I mean that's uh super cool to watch on his end and then on the women's side there's like dozens I mean these women are are uh just ridiculously fit and hard-working Amanda Barnhart uh just total amazing person uh Meredith Root um Paige Semenza uh uh, Kenzie Riley, who would punch me in the nose for not throwing her into that group. And, just <laughs> like, and I could do this list, like, on and on and on. And I think, for me, that's been probably the most fun part about the community. I think you guys probably see it, too, is that, you know, you meet all these people that train hard like you guys every day. But there's normal people, super nice, easy to talk to, kind of everyone has the same values. Um, that's why it's interesting to talk to you guys about all these topics today because it is always – it's kind of interesting and disappointing when news of drug tests come out or – You know, you find out like one of your heroes maybe isn't your hero anymore, although that hasn't happened yet for me. Um, You know, it might at some point, but, um, you know, it's just, it's a really interesting community that way. So, um, yeah, lots of heroes. And then, of course, you guys are there, you know, of course. (laughs) But, you know, you guys keep me moderately fit (laughs) in spite of me skipping all your warm ups. So, um, all right. Well, listen, I appreciate you guys being on. It's been fun. We'll do it again soon. Uh we got the games coming up next, so we just need to pop one more to get you both in, get the pancheck track back <laughs> um, up. Um we definitely got to do it. regardless, we're all gonna be there. So uh we'll make sure we get back on uh, at a minimum after that together but and maybe catch some time over there. So appreciate definitely. appreciate you guys being yeah, on. Thanks Thank for you, having guys. us. All right, thanks.